0: norms that are floating around uh, the ideas that are floating around things that people think are normal things that they think are abnormal so we're swept up in our culture and no doubt uh, the ideas of our culture have expression and origin perhaps in various philosophers that we perhaps never even heard of but uh, the ideas are there so we want to try and, uh, if we can, isolate what the arguments and ideas are in our national culture and legislation. And in, in many ways, when it comes to ideas, we often find ourselves wanting to know how do we oppose these ideas? How do we show that they're wrong? Um, in many cases, obviously not in every case. Second area would be workplace pressures and issues so not 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 all of us are in a workplace but some of us are and we will have equalities policies uh diversity policies things that are we're expected to do or things that are not expected things that are frowned on so there it's not so much how do we oppose this but how do we navigate it so there's some things we want to oppose some things we need to navigate uh, what are we entitled to do? What are we not entitled to do? What, what's good practice? What isn't? Where should we draw a line? So navigating. And then thirdly, the issues I think we'll come across in terms of perhaps our own families, family members, friends, uh, acquaintances, neighbours. And there we're not so much trying to just oppose and we're not, there isn't anything particularly to navigate, but we want to win people. So I think there's a difference between opposing ideas, navigating policies, and winning uh, people. So I think we just take that into account. And then again, as we sort of uh, uh, approach this, I thought I'd ask why, why are we why are we doing this? What is our motivation? What's in your mind and in your heart when we look at contemporary? Issues to do with sexuality. Um, Maybe we personally feel uncertain and fearful. So uh, I'm sure there are Christian people for whom uh, something like this would rock their faith. And they would begin to say, well, maybe the Bible's wrong. Maybe my upbringing is wrong. And they would feel fearful and uncertain And so I want to try and address the idea of being fearful and uncertain. And we might feel got at and worried. Uh, And again, we need to have some sort of assurances. We might feel outrage and indignation. We might feel, how dare our culture uh, systematically as the Bible would say, make black, white, and white, black. Uh, Make good for evil and evil good. How dare our culture do that? might have a sense of holy outrage about that. Um, And I think there's a right place for a holy sort of anger. But I suppose that could tip over into something uh, less gracious. I mean, if we just want to put people down and denounce I think we have to be really, really careful about that. We might be motivated by the concern for the well-being of people who are not Christians, but who we feel are set on a course that will really not help them, that will damage them. And at the end of it, we might well they might well find they've regretted what they have believed wrongly and what actions they've taken. So I'm going all over the place, aren't I? Um, so I think there's a right concern for people Uh, they're not being helped and then we might also enlarge that concern uh, for a concern for the eternal well-being of people in our culture and of course that concern would be for people whatever sexuality they are we would have that concern for straight people wouldn't we people who live very upright and commendable lives, we'd still be concerned for their spiritual, eternal salvation, wouldn't we? So I'm just... I think it's a question of what... You know, we might get quite het up about this, but what is at the bottom of the being het up? You know, what what motives do we have? And maybe you can think of some of the motives as well. So what I think I'm going to try and do this evening is so I, I, I'm, I'm not so much looking at the negative things but saying positively what does the Bible teach and I think I want to um, say that the Bible does teach that we are created creatures it's just saying the same thing in another word and we're made in God's image so I want to affirm that that is what the Bible teaches I want to affirm furthermore that there are two different sexes or genders so I'm going to use those words from the Bible as interchangeable that's not used interchangeably in modern speech. But there are only two, and that they are, respectively, male and female. And these are different. They're not interchangeable. They're equally of value, but uh, male is not the same as female, female is not the same as male. They're two different uh, sexes and genders. And I furthermore want to uh, affirm that there is, in being made male and female, a positive intention from our Creator, a positive intention for sexual intimacy, having sex, in other words, uh, between the two sexes in which there is the potential for childbirth, And I also want to affirm that this sexual intimacy, so rather than writing it all again, sexual intimacy is for marriage. And it's marriage between a man and a woman. Whoops. A man and a woman. And this sexual intimacy is for marriage only. Where shall I put the only? Put it here. So it's not just one of a range of options, that is the only option. And any sexual activity outside that is um, sin and detrimental to human flourishing. Let's see if I can spell that with everybody watching me. So that's an affirmation that the sexual activity is not just only, uh, sorry, it's not just within marriage as one of a range of options, but that is what sexual intimacy is for. There aren't other options. And when people take other options, it actually, uh, it's, there's, there's sin there, I guess you might say in varying degrees or but the, it, there's sin because it fails to uphold God's pattern. And it doesn't help. It doesn't further God's plan for humanity. It's actually detrimental. So i uh, just turn the page on my notes. Those are the things that I would like to affirm uh, in looking at Bible basics. So if we'd done this uh, 30 years ago, you would have thought it's a complete, complete waste of time because everybody knows this. You don't have to be in a church to know this. Everybody knows this. But now, this is almost, uh, what's the word, um, subversive. It, 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 you, know, you, you almost feel that somebody's going to ring you up and say, how dare you say that? You know, it's uh, going to offend somebody. Did, did those points make sense? The ones that are trying, trying to affirm that we're created creatures in God's image, that there are two and only two sexes and genders, which in the Bible are the same thing, um, and that there, there's a positive intention for sexual intimacy, but that with the potential for childbirth, um, and that sexual intimacy is for within. Heterosexual marriage, marriage between a man and a woman, and that's the only place for sexual intimacy. Anything else other than that is sin and is detrimental to human flourishing. Okay, well, that's the—that's what I want to try and affirm. And along with that, I think I need to affirm or to put this in a context. So putting it into the... The Bible context, so there is a a pattern of creation. So that's how things were made to be. Fall, so that's when sin entered the world. So various things are going to get disrupted. Redemption, so that's when, putting it simply, when somebody becomes a Christian. So that changes things again. And then consummation. In the in the resurrection, which we were singing about, I think it's two Ms in consummation, consummation. So that's the glory that's to come, and in each of these, under each of these headings, things get altered a little bit. You know, they have to tweak things and be a bit subtle about about all sorts of things. Okay, are you with me so far? Yep. Thank you. Let's read some scriptures. First of all, Genesis one twenty six to thirty one Genesis one twenty six to thirty one Genesis one twenty six to thirty one and Jack is at the back, and Jack has a nice, clear voice. Could you, from, from where you are, read out Genesis 1:26, verse 26 to verse 31? I'll keep going. Yeah. Uh, just the end of the chapter. Thank you very much. That's uh, through day six of God's creation week, and it is, he says, very good. Not just good, but very good. And now let's read in Genesis 2, verse 18 to 25. and Maybe Mark, who also has a nice clear voice, could read Genesis 2, 18 to 25.
1: ¿Se do Naked and they
0: felt no shame. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we've got those two texts. And let's also read Matthew 19, 3 to 9. Matthew 19, 3 to 9. Because it's sometimes said that Jesus is entirely agnostic about um, sexual matters. But it's interesting to read Matthew 19. Verses three to nine, Mas- Matthew nineteen three to nine. Could um, oh, our summer. Could you read that for us, please? Matthew nineteen, verse three to verse nine. Thank you very much. I quote that, uh, or we read that, because Jesus is endorsing what's written in Genesis, and he affirms who wrote it. In verse 4, He who created them, or the Creator, said... Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. Do you get that bit? Because uh, that, that's, that's part of the narration. It, it's not in quotes from the Lord in Genesis, but Jesus says, well, that's, that's still God speaking. That's still God's word because it's in the Bible. Uh, the one who created them also said, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Okay, so we've read those fundamental chapters and uh, presumably we'll we'll keep coming back to them but i would like to ask you some uh, to discuss some questions and i think the first question is what is involved in being created Now, does it say from the dust of the earth? We've got that actually in Genesis 2, 7, so we didn't read that. The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living creature. What is involved in being created from from the dust of the earth? So I'd like you to find two or three other people and do a real brainstorm. What, 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 this implies lots of things, actually. Um, so being created implies a lot of things. The fact that, uh, that we're made from, from dust implies things as well. Have a real good think with two or three people next to you. And I'll come back in, in about three minutes what is involved in this being creatures? Okay, what does it imply? What does it, what, you think about it. Okay, th- so three minutes. Stop and uh, uh, see what what people have come up with. So, uh, what? what Anybody like to shout out anything that they came up with, or or not? What about this group? Tell us what you what your thinking was. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. uh, There's something of almightiness because no matter how clever we are, if we got dust of the earth together and put electric probes on it and fed it with chemicals, we couldn't make a living being. So yeah, there's something. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? Because the, like the elements that we're made of are all over the place, but putting them together in a way that is life is, is a miracle, yeah, so like with a kneecap, yeah. Thank you very much, okay. Thank you, there is design. And who did the designing? Yeah, the creator. So that tells us something, doesn't it? Um, By nature, we don't design ourselves. We are designed by somebody else. So there's something quite profound about that. It's not up to us to invent who we are. That is a given. And I think the idea of being Formed by a Creator puts us in the realm of things that are given to us. They come as gifts; they're given. They're not up to us to state our preference or something like that. But it it is a given. So that's that's true of God's providence in lots of ways, isn't it? So where you were born is a given. And it says in Acts, doesn't it, he determined the places where people should be born and the bounds of their habitation or something like that. It's given. So if you are... Um, what comes to mind? An Ethiopian. Then you, it's a given. You can't do anything about it. You say, oh, I'd rather have been born in Grimsby. But you, 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 what you are is what you are. It's given. And you have to accept that. So there's a, there's a givenness about our, our being. Okay, um, so design. Yeah. Anything else? No no yeah. Okay. By a um, what? What should we say? Uh, an an a, a creator who is uh, what's the word for doesn't make mistakes? Um, inerrant. inerrant. We're in, in inerrant. Yeah. I suppose you would say a wise creator. So. There's something about God's providence, meaning to say the way he runs the world and arranges the world. We're still in a fallen world, aren't we? So, uh, you know, people can be born with not the same, um, you know, perhaps with, with their hands formed a different way or something like that because we live in a fallen world, but we are, we are creatures. Yeah, okay, so thank you. Yeah, anything else? The fact that we have a creator who created us. Okay, does it say anything about authority? What would it say about authority? By implication. I mean, it's not that that word isn't there in the text, but the, the, the implication of being... Uh, having it being created by a creator who's the greatest of the created and the creator the creator who has authority over the creation then the creator so I think there's something here about we live in a world which has authority authority and authority structures built into it by by nature being created beings We live in a world where there are authority structures. Now, we shall probably see that there is this idea that any authority structure is bad, oppressive, unhelpful, just meant to put people down. But I think that idea, I mean, I'm sure there are authority structures that are oppressive, but just being an authority structure is not in and of itself an oppressive thing. Because we live in a world with a creator who is over his creation. Does that make sense? Um, If I were to say, (coughs) how does authority affect us? How did authority affect Adam and Eve? What what way did authority come across to them? They They were given instructions, weren't they? They were given boundaries, so great. Yeah, so we've got things like, if I put God's word, and if I put boundaries, this this is built into the fact that we are created. And of course there will be ideas that say there shouldn't be any boundaries, but God has made boundaries. And he... Uh, actually if you look at how he creates things he sort of separates things out doesn't he where things are all mixed up he sort of separates them and I think in a sense you could say there are boundaries being drawn or things separated from something else okay yep anything else being created being created from dust any, anybody want to go any further with that Yeah, I think that's right. It, 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 we're not made out of nothing. We're made out of the stuff that the universe is made out of. Um, we're made out of stuff. I think that's an important thing. The angels, we presume, are not made out of stuff. Uh, as we said the other time, uh, the Savior did not take upon himself the nature of angels, but the nature of the seed of Abraham. So uh, the fact that we're made out of stuff, and it looks like this, doesn't it? Depending on what, um, what color skin you've got. Um, you know, mine's sort of very washed out pink stuff that I'm made out of. Uh, but we're made out of stuff. We're not made to float around... Like, I don't know, like smoke or something like that. So the idea that we are made out of stuff and we have bodies. So I think that's an important thing. God has deliberately given us bodies. And that is very important. So here's a clue. I chose the first song for a reason. So this is a telepathy question. You have to think, what was he thinking? W- what, what in the Bible tells us that body and stuff is important? Think back to the first the hymn that we sang. Can you remember what we sang? It was about resurrection, yeah. So doesn't that tell us the fact that Jesus... Yeah. Yeah: uh, it's really, uh, Yeah. Exactly. Um, Christ, the word took on flesh, uh, and what does it say? Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the idea that human beings are bodily and that when Christ came to redeem us, he took on a human body. Does Jesus still have a human body? He does. That's really important. He still has a human body. And the resurrection (coughs) was Jesus taking human flesh and being the first, (coughs) excuse me, the first um, prototype of the New Humanity, which is resurrection humanity, and Jesus went from sin and death into the realm of righteousness and deathlessness in human form Now body is important, and I, I hope this is going to turn out to be useful later on um, the in in corinthians uh, paul is uh, he talks to people who were sort of... I think they were sort of saying, well, the body is not really that important. Uh, spirituality is not really to do with the body. Uh, and uh, it's a sort of Greek way of thinking. When it came into the Christian church, it became known as Gnosticism. If I... Not that I'm a historical theologian, but I think that's correct. The idea that the body doesn't matter Um, So if I put it very crudely, you might close your ears for this, um, but so they might have been saying, it doesn't matter where a man puts his penis, it's entirely irrelevant. And Paul's saying, actually, if you have sex with a prostitute, that matters. If you have have sex with somebody other than your wife, it matters because your body matters. Um, So I hope I don't shock you saying that, but... um, the, the idea that we're going to get is that your body, that the new idea is that your body lies to you. God has made us with bodies, and if he's given you a male body, that is because you're a man. That matters, that's important, that's significant. If he's given you a female body, that matters, that's significant, you are a female And you can't separate between who you are spiritually and your body. Is this making sense? Uh, But the idea is about nowadays that the body is is completely separated from who you are. And you can be one thing and your body can be something else. and, And that's all right. But in the Bible, it isn't like that. We're made out of dust. We're made bodies. And that's who we are in a real sense. Okay, anything else about created? Mm-hmm. Adam sinned. Adam's, yeah. yeah. Th- that's why I think we've got... L- That's how they've been born. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I, I think that you, you bring up a really important thing. That, that's why I did this creation, fall, redemption, consummation thing. Because we're we talking about creation, how things are in the beginning. But we live in a fallen world, don't we? So, um, I don't know whether we'll get time to go on to this, but I expect Daniel might be able to deal with When things are all in a muddle inside, uh, when when there's, well, I'm sorry. Well, I'm thinking emotions, affections, attractions. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, there are well-known Christian people who would say, you know, I've been redeemed by the Lord Jesus. But just as, I mean, all of us here have, attractions and affections and urges of all sorts but and um, are they all right is every attraction and affection that we have a a right one I mean it might be a strong one but because it's strong does that make it right I mean this is the this is the whole thing isn't it and if if I can I'll try and remember to do an anecdote about that in a minute Um, but there are people who internally emotionally have got urges and affections and attractions that don't fit the creation pattern i mean we all do don't we we, we all have urges and affections i mean if you, even if you think of sort of think of uh heterosexual people who have urges and affections outside marriage and they might be very strong and then you you mentioned um physical uh like uh um, being b- 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 formed Yes, yes, Yeah. 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 Well, they're, they're born in yes, sinful world, yeah, and... That I think what we have to say is that makes it very complicated. I think my my job here was really to set out the basic norms, and there are. I mean, this is why I put four because it's important that we realise with compassion that there are people. I mean, all of us actually are malformed some way um, because we're born in Adam's sinful race. Uh, and and there are people for whom that will be particularly acute and particularly difficult in various ways. But I don't think we should form our norms by the outlying cases. I I think the the cases where where physically uh, somebody is born in not the normal way would be a a small percentage, a, a real percentage, but a small one, I think. Well, yeah, okay, Um, but then your profession was looking after people who were, yeah, yeah. Um, Does anybody else want to come in on that? Yes, so yeah, is quite yeah, yeah, thank you. I'll do the anecdote, which is a Tim Keller anecdote, and it was about urges inside and what we make of them. So the, the anecdote goes like this. Here's somebody walking around in London. It used to be a, a, a Viking settlement, actually. Um, and here's the Viking walking around in London. And he says, I'm a Viking. I like killing people and defeating my enemies. And I'm a warrior. And that's who I am. And he says, actually, I have same-sex urges. But that's not me. That's just something that, you know, I don't know where that came from. But what I am is a warrior. Okay. Go to exactly the same situation, however many thousand years later. Here's somebody walking around in London saying, I have same-sex urges. I also have urges to chop people's heads off. Um, but that's not me. That's not really... I don't know where that comes from, but that, that's not me. And it, it's really describing exactly the same person in two different cultures. And in one culture, you, you take all these conflicting urges and you say, oh, that's the real me. That bit isn't, that's the real me. And if you're a Viking, you say, oh, it's killing people, that's the real me. And in contemporary London, you'd say, it's the same sex, that's the real me. And what Tim Keller was saying, I hope this makes sense, is that actually when we look inside ourselves to see who the real me is, it's really, really difficult because we're so, we've got so many things going on inside us and what the tendency is to do is to say what the culture says is normal. You see what I mean? In Viking culture, killing people is a virtuous, good thing to do. The more you do that, the better. In our culture, no, that's frowned on. Does that, does that make some sort of sense? No, not really. <laughs> okay. Um, let, let's, let me just go back to my notes here. Um, I'll just say a little bit about the self. If we're created beings, does that say anything about how we find out about the self? Who I am? Did anybody have any thoughts on that or discussion on that? No, no, I just wondered, I, I said think, you just think whatever you like, and I wonder if anybody thought in those, those ways. Well, I'll tell you what I, I think. If we're created in God's image, then the way to understand ourselves is to do it in relation to our creator. What are we, what are we like? We're like God. God is transcendent. Uh, you know, he, you can't boil him down to something. Uh, and I'm like him. That's how I understand myself. And if you cut that, you're really struggling to find who am I? What am I? What makes me me? And and if you look inside, well, we we see all sorts of conflicting things going on, don't we? Uh, And so it's really difficult to know who I am if I don't do it in relation to God, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yes, exactly. Because I, I don't know whether uh, Daniel's going to do on this. What we live in is a world today in which we, th- w- which it said, the thing to do is to be yourself and you look inside and see what urges are there and the most important thing is just to fulfill those urges because that's being authentically you. Uh, That's the way the whole world is thinking, well, the Western world is thinking at the moment. Um, But if ourselves are formed by the Creator... We ought to listen to what he says, shouldn't we? About who we are, how we're supposed to live, where our significance comes from. And it isn't just up to us to sort of, whatever you want to do, do it. Do your own thing. Be true to your heart. All this sort of stuff. That's not... If it makes you happy, yes. Yeah. I think it, it, it pushes against this whole, I think really... Important idea of being created. I hope that makes sense. Yeah.
2: Sit on it anyway, is the same way as we were formed by God. The only way to find our manual is through God, that's the Bible. Yeah. Uh, no matter how comfortable it is to sit on that table, that's not what it's made for. And the reason is in the manual, but we don't read it because it's convenient, it's large, you cannot sit on it. So I think for us as human beings too, the only way we can find our true purpose is by our manual.
0: Thank you, thank you very much. And in case you didn't quite catch that, so the idea of a table is for sitting at rather than sitting on. You can sit on it, it might be comfortable. That's not what it's made for. We need to know what the designer's intention was and refer back to that, which uh, in, in, in our terms is gonna be what he says in his word, isn't it? We're going to have that. Um, okay, right. Um, So if we just look at the things I was trying to uh, affirm, we haven't really got very far with those, but we looked at this first one about creation. I think that's a really fundamental thing. Uh, Now, we'll see if I was right in thinking that because we'll see whether Daniel ever refers back to that or that's completely irrelevant to anything else he's going to say. But personally, I think there's something really important about us being created Creatures under the authority of a creator made in God's image, the, uh, I mean we, we read some of these things off the surface of the text, didn't it? We're made in God's image, male and female, male and female, He created them, two genders. Uh, and that's important because that's part of being in God's image. Uh, the sexual intimacy with the potential for childbirth, I'm not saying that that potential is realizable in every case. Um, so you don't stop being married once you're uh, as a couple too old to have children. You're still married. Uh, that's there in the text where it says, "Be fruitful and multiply." Yeah? And that uh, marriage is between a man and a woman only, and anything else is sin and detrimental to human flourishing. Well, the the sin bit was in. Uh, Matthew nineteen, where jesus said um, I should have done my homework a little bit better on this. Uh, he talks uh, he says i don't think i've got this, but the uh, the idea that um Jesus endorses the idea of man and woman being married, one flesh. What God has joined together, let not man separate. The idea that God is endorsing this union, man and woman. And he mentions sexual immorality. I should have looked this up. I think he says porneia, which is anything other than that. Uh, So everything else is ruled out apart from the um, man and woman marriage. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to, to, to develop what, what in the Bible is marriage. I mean, <clears throat> when Abraham married Sarah, he didn't go to church. There wasn't a vicar doing it, or there wasn't a registrar. But when it was a public event in which they, they are publicly saying, we're going to live together, we're going to have sex together, and this is a permanent thing for us. Uh, I mean that's sort of boiling it right down. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, there's lots of the more you think about, it, there's lots of things that you could say. Well, what about this? What about this? And I was really just trying to do the those things as best I could. And um, we need to stop. Does anybody else want to ask any questions? And preferably not a really difficult question, because. But. Question. You, you qu- um, I was just going to say, come back to future weeks. Because hopefully, if you really have more questions about things, things will be Yeah. 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 Any other questions? Thoughts? Well, I think it would be nice to sing something. Uh, would anybody like to choose something to sing? And then we'll... We'll stop.